0: We live in a changing world that is full of questions and the answers must come from the unchanging truth of God's Word. Today we look into Scripture with Scott Pauling to discover what the Bible says. Ask the Lord to speak to you and to give you truth to share with others. Why go to church? I mean, honestly, what's the point? Uh, Why did the Lord intend that His people would meet together? You know, we've learned already that the word church means a called-out assembly. Now, while the purpose of the church doesn't stop with the assembly, it does start there. Uh, Some people have so emphasized the fact that the church works outside the walls, which I believe, that we've forgotten we're still supposed to meet uh, with God's people. That the assembly part is important because in the meeting of the New Testament church, the ministry is set in motion. It is as we fellowship, as we uh, come together, as we are edified, as we grow, that then we can function in this world. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says this, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another... And so much the more as you see the day approaching, there's a lot of truth wrapped up in Hebrews 10:25. One is that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And do you remember the Lord Jesus said, "Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them? There's something precious to Christ about His followers' assembling you remember that when the Lord Jesus was on earth, he very often had his disciples together without everybody else, just his followers, so he could teach them, so he could talk to them. May I submit to you, he still wants to do that. And then the Bible says in this verse, as the manner of some is. Boy, that describes the world we're living in. Here we are at the end of the age when the, the assembling of God's people ought to mean more and more, and instead it seems it means less and less to people. A friend, on the average Lord's Day morning, you can drive through the community and see people doing almost everything except going to meet with God's people. May I tell you, that's not the Lord's way. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. This is one of the great keys that unlocks the purpose of why we should assemble together. In fact, the previous verse, verse 24, says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We've come to the place in our world today where people even look at church selfishly. What can I get out of it? Are my children going to have a good time? Uh, how's this going to benefit us? In fact, we ought to turn the thing around. Not what am I going to get out of it, but what can I contribute? How can I be a blessing? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us that all of the members are connected to the body. All of the members are under the head of the body, which is the Lord Jesus, but they all contribute to one another. All are participants. None are dispensable. And so we ought to start looking at the local assembly and thinking, what can I do to make my church all God wants it to be? How can I be the kind of member of this called out assembly that will help us move forward to the glory of God? And then listen to the powerful end of Hebrews 10, 25, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? He's referring here to the day of the Lord's return. Friend, Jesus is coming back. The founder is about to return. The head of the church is going to show up, and I don't know about you, I'd be terribly ashamed uh, for him to find me totally disconnected from all the other members when he shows up. I want him to find me in my place doing exactly what God wants me to do. So it brings us back to the question, why go to church? Why did the Lord establish that we should meet? Well, let me give you very quickly seven Bible reasons. They all come from the New Testament. They all come from the example of the early church of why they assembled together. First of all, they assembled to pray. This is very important and we begin here. Maybe perhaps not where you thought I would begin. Everybody wants to run to the preaching and I love preaching. Let me tell you, I love to do it and I love to hear it. Uh, But why do we begin with prayer? Because that's where God began. What did Jesus command his disciples to do? Uh, Go to the upper room and pray. Acts chapter 1, verse number 13, we read these words, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. The first meeting of the New Testament church after the ascension was not a evangelistic crusade not a revival meeting not a bible study it was a prayer meeting why because prayer sets everything else in motion when we meet together we should come together to pray with and for one another and notice it's something everybody can do not just the men were doing it the women were praying so we had meet together to pray and then secondly we meet together to hear the word of god 1 Thessalonians 5:20 says despise not prophesying." what's your attitude towards the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. You see, for the New Testament church, they didn't have their own copy of the Scriptures. When they came together, there was an expectation to hear the Bible read, to hear these inspired writings expounded. I wonder if there's still that same hunger and thirst in us. When we come together, we ought to come together excited to hear the Word of God. Then the assembly met together to sing. Colossians 3.16, they would they would sing and encourage one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The Bible says speaking to one another. We speak to ourself when we sing. We speak to God when we sing. But we speak to one another when we sing. We should sing from our hearts. Number four, the assembly met together to give. Oh, yes, you knew that was going to be mentioned because it's given in Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, verses 1 and 2, he said, On the first day of the week, lay by you in store as God hath prospered you. It's powerful. On the Lord's day, bring your tithe and bring your offerings. Be a giver. Number five, we touched on this already in Hebrews chapter 10, but the assembly met together to exhort one another. It was all about edifying each other. It's not about me. It's about us. It's not about what I can gain, but what I can give. And here's the beautiful secret. As you give and minister and exhort, guess what the Lord does in you? He does the same building up in your heart and life. Number six, the assembly met together to observe the ordinances. In our last study, we talked about the two ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Well, you've got to have a visible local church to be able to physically baptize. You have to have a local assembly to administer uh, the Lord's table. These are church ordinances. They don't belong to me as an individual. They belong to the local assembly. And then the assembly met for fellowship. We come full circle back to the first principles in Acts chapter 2, at the end of the chapter, uh, we have this beautiful little snapshot of the early New Testament church. Uh, verse 42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Now it goes on to talk about the ministry of the Word. It, it sets in motion a chain reaction outside the assembly of the church. We carry it out. Uh, we, we begin by meeting together, and then we minister to those who are outside our assembly. But could it be we're getting so little done in this world because the meeting of the New Testament church has gotten skewed with so many things? that We started thinking so selfishly about it. I remember asking a man one time to come to our church and he said, oh, I worship God in the woods. And I said to him, wonderful, I worship God in the woods. And he looked at me a little surprised and I said, I don't go to church simply to worship. I want to worship when I go. I believe in corporate worship. But worship's not a group sport. Worship's the individual heart attitude. You can worship anywhere and everywhere. Yes, you can worship God in your living room, but no, you cannot exhort one another in your living room. You can't be a blessing and help to the whole local church by never being there. So may I just challenge you today? Belong and don't just belong, be there. When the church meets together, let it mean something to you to be with God's people. Look, If the church was so important that Christ died for it, don't you think our lives ought to be connected to it? Make up your mind this Lord's Day at the very next appointed meeting of your local assembly, by the grace of God, you're going to be there. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. It is our prayer that your faith will be strengthened as we study God's Word and that you will share His truth with others. If you're being blessed by listening to Enjoying the Journey and would like to have a part in this ministry, you may make a tax-deductible gift at scottpauley.org. Thank you for your support and continued prayers. May God bless you richly today.